We're going to look at today's text, and today's message is going to be the puzzle with no picture. And, um, you know, we're going to look at that. There'll be a couple other themes throughout as well. You'll be able to follow along. Today's text um, this morning is Psalm 127. I want to read that, and then we will open up our message today. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it in labor, or who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies. Let's pray uh, this morning. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to come together uh, with you here uh, in this type of setting. Again, Lord, we thank you that you have given us a hope in you. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to guide us, lead us, direct us, and continue to show us your glory. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord God, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, I thank you. I praise you and we lift it up to you now. In that holy, precious, and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And again, I do thank you guys for joining us this morning. As we look at Psalm 127, uh, this is the second part of that three-part series on life that I kind of threw right in the middle of my Psalms uh, series. But the reality is, is it's still the Psalms. And I hope that we can learn some things from it. Actually, I was thinking a lot lately. With everything that's going on and all the stuff that's happening, um, yeah, we are coming up on Father's Day here in a few weeks. And as we continue this series, I want to look at something today that I think we can truly understand. Um, you know, who who likes to build puzzles? I, I you know, I, I probably can't see your hands at home, but uh, you know, the reality is I love puzzles, and sometimes we struggle with them when we can't see the picture on the box or. We can't see it coming together right away, whatever the case might be. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, putting together furniture items um, that you buy from the, the store and then you try to put that bookcase together or that desk or that uh, situation there, whatever it is. And sometimes the instructions are not in the box. Um, you know, I know I'm not the only one that has struggled with that, but if you want to build something right, you really need a plan. I mean, if somebody's going to build a home, they're going to have a blueprint, right? They're going to have um, the puzzle picture, the picture that's on the box to go with the puzzle that they're putting together. And, you know, some of you may have built a home before. And, you know, the question, I guess, would be, did you build it with or without a blueprint? I mean, did you just build it because you knew how it went together? and hoped it turned out for the best? Was it, let's put this piece here and that piece there and see what happens? Um, what would happen if you decided you were going to build a house, but you decided to wing it? That maybe as you got through portions of it, you decided that plans are, you know, even though you've never built a house, you decided that watching, um, Chip Gaines made you feel like you could. You you decided, I'm going to build my home from scratch, from my head, and let's do this. But see, the house might not turn out too well if you don't go through the proper plans. 
the things that need to be included because by the time you get done, you might think, oh, we forgot this or we forgot that. And, you know, sometimes um, think about kids. You know, kids build clubhouses. They don't draw up big, massive plans. And I would venture to say that some of those clubhouses have collapsed on children. Um, think about the fort to build with your couch and you build it with the, you know, the, the couch cushions and you, you do all of that and you, you build those things. And as, as you do that, there's no stability. And as foolish as it would appear to want to build a home with no blueprints, uh, think about, you know, as foolish as it might appear to build a puzzle without a box, without a picture or to put together a bookcase without having the plans or the instructions. What if you tried to build your life with, or your family with no real picture to go from? Um, a house is just a building, but who's going to wing a family, right? I mean, many live life without following any real plan or blueprint. And unfortunately, uh, that can be a dangerous place for us to find ourselves. It can be a dangerous place for us to be. It can be a dangerous situation for us uh, to think about in some of these situations. Um, but can you imagine maybe if you're if you're going through what what does it look like? You know, it's it's no wonder that so many people find themselves in basically a train wreck of life. And we look around us in this world and we wonder uh, if we don't have a, a plan moving forward, if we wing everything, yeah, it might work out a few times. It might work out more than it doesn't. But, man, the anxiety, the stress, the struggle, the toil, the difficult days that come. And honestly, if we think about it, there is a blueprint for our life. I mean, Psalm 127 is almost a blueprint for how life could be lived properly it's almost a blueprint that we can that we can construct life around um and and we're going to focus on verses 1 and 2 as we look at the three principles that are in them um yes i do believe the rest of the psalm is helpful as well speaking of children and how you build a family beyond um the home but man, uh, the first two verses of this are just truly uh, magical in some ways for us at a time like this. I mean, everything just seems to come together perfectly, except it's not an illusion. It's 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 not, I guess, magical. It's perfect. It's it's how life should be. So I want us to look at this, and if we can grasp these principles that we're going to look at today, I really honestly believe it will help us to have a much better life. Verse 1 again says, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. See, the thing is, is God's blueprint for life. Number one, God must be the builder of your home. Um, this is a Psalm of Solomon, and I've been looking at a lot of David's Psalms. Now, if we know the history of the temple 
what we recognize and remember is that David wanted to build the temple. He had a blueprint. He had a plan. And God told him, it's not yours to build. Uh, so we do have the story of Solomon here in this psalm written by Solomon. And Solomon was one of the greatest builders ever. He was actually one of the wealthiest people ever. And he had a lot of issues within his own home with the numerous wives that he had. Uh, later in Solomon's life, he built his home without a plan. And the psalmist is not talking about God pounding the nails and cutting the boards for one's home, but rather he's speaking about uh, more than the building that we reside in. Um, here, Solomon is speaking about how one builds their life and their family, how one builds the home within the home. Um, the love, the happiness, the, the family aspect of what we mean by home. Many people build their houses without a plan, with no blueprints, and they kind of build it as they go, and they build the home how they feel like building it. There are many of us today who might have been raised in homes that were constructed with zero planning and no blueprints to follow. If we flip back to Judges chapter 17, verse 6. Judges 17, verse 6, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever he wanted. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever he wanted. People are building their homes with zero input from the master planner. People are paying no attention to the blueprint that God has provided that he's given us for the home, every family doing whatever they want to do. And there are a good number of us today who are here uh, or listening to this who have been damaged because of the homes in which they were raised. Um, maybe it was a total train wreck. Maybe it was a total destructive thing that they had to be a part of. And maybe as we look at this today, hopefully we can break this down. But for us to allow God to build the home, the leader of the home must let God build them also. For the spiritual leader of the home to develop a home, they must be developed by God. That is ultimately what I'm saying. God has a plan for our lives. And, and for us, the aim of the home is to do everything possible to make sure that those within the home feel safe and understand that God has a plan for them also. And, and, and we can put all the Christianese talk onto it that we want to, but at some point, this has got to start with us as followers, as Christians. And we have to allow God to build our homes. Men, we must be the leaders of our homes. That is not a jab at women. That is scriptural. That is God's design. That is his plan. Men must be the spiritual leaders of their home. And we need to show our families what a blessing it is to allow God to be the foundation of our lives. They need to see that example set in us. I could go back to uh, stats and, and all kinds of things, but uh, if we look at it, if the child is the first one who comes to know the Lord in a home, like three to five percent of the home will come to know the Lord. If a mother does, it's somewhere in the 20 to 30 or 13 to 20 range, I think. But if a father does, it's something like 93 percent. If the dad is the first one to come to the Lord, what does that tell you about God's design and why it works? But 
you know, at some point, this has to start with us. It has to start with Christians. It has to start, uh, in some cases, with men allowing God to be the foundation of their lives. That doesn't mean you mistreat anyone. It means you treat them the way that God treats us. God treats the church. And and for those who, um, ladies that may not have a husband or, um, heaven forbid, have a terrible example of a husband, uh, you know, you have to be the role model in the home that your children can see so that at least one person in the home is being built by God, is being constructed, is being led, is being guided. Now, I'm saying that because I'm really trying to get home the point that somebody needs to be that example for the children, not necessarily going into a whole lot of detail here with that But remember, God has a plan for all of us. He will not make you follow it, however. I mean, just look at Adam and Eve. All he did was tell them, I don't want you to eat from this tree. That would have been God's plan for them, right? But yet they did eat from the tree. But God knew they would, so he already had a plan in place. He already had Christ as plan A, as as the only plan, because he knew that giving man the option, they would eventually fall. Now, we don't know how long that took. We don't know how long it was before it happened. All we know is it happened. But he will not make you follow his plan. But if you are not following it, how is that working out for you? If you're not following the plan that God has laid out for you, how is that working out for you today? Or better yet, how will it work out when you depart from this world? Think about that for a moment. How will it work out for you when you leave this world, when your time is done, if you're not following the plan that God has set out for you? Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. This out of the CSB. Plans for your welfare, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If we go on to verse 14a, it says, I will be found by you. You know, this was written to the people who were exiled to Babylon. Jeremiah wanted the people to know that in spite of their current circumstances, God had a plan for them. And the point of the Psalm here in 127 is that to get people to understand their need and desire, their need to desire to be more God-centered in their everyday lives, to be more centered around the the creator, the one who gave them life. God has a plan for your life, and we must be centered around God, the one who is the creator of that plan, the one who is the producer of that plan, the one who is the provider of those things in our lives. You see, when you're building a home and you look at a blueprint, you know, There's certain things that have to go certain places. There's certain designs that show you certain things, and they have to be done exactly right. Well, in the blueprint for the home, a loving husband who would lay down his life for his wife, who would put her first and do everything in his power to show his wife his love for her. That's a good start, right? The wife would be a woman who would respect her husband and love him. The husband should conduct himself in such a way that both 
earns and deserves her respect. We watch homes today fall apart because the man is saying, you should submit to me, but he's not willing to submit in any other way. Husbands, you know, there's a lot of men demand respect in their home and they act like little boys or or they are unfaithful like dogs in the street. And they wonder why they're not respected or loved. And if you are one of those today, if you are living your life in that way and you think you deserve respect, but you act like a child or you act like an a stray dog and you wonder why you're not respected or loved, maybe it's time to look inward. Husbands should be an example to the children as to how a man of God treats a woman. Both he and the wife should be parents who love their children no matter what. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, write this down and, and go to it later. Ephesians 5.22 through 6.4. Ephesians 5.22 through 6.4 is a blueprint for the family on how men should treat their women how women should treat their families, how they should treat their husbands and their children, and how the family should be put together. It's something that Paul uh, wrote to the Ephesian church, and it's something that I think we can truly embrace today. Children who come from that type of home will have a great advantage when it comes in their life. Then it is up to them to take advantage of that upbringing and to become God-loving, productive citizens, both the country uh, that they live in and the kingdom of God. Let God build you and let him build your home. Let him build what needs to be built. Let him build that home today. It sounds simple, right? When you decide to build your home on your own, your labor is in vain. If you are trying to build that home with values and morals and different things, but you're not trusting the Lord, that labor will be in vain. You'll come back one day and wonder why your children want nothing to do with that home or why the home never worked out because you were trying to do it on your own. Let's let's look back at verse one again real quickly as we go into the second of the three step, the three things that I wanted to talk about today. Number two uh, comes directly from verse one again. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. So not only is God the builder of your home, not only is God the one who builds your home, the blueprint, the the picture on the box, everything about it uh, leads us to a picture of a protector of the home. So God is not only the builder of our home, he is the protector of our home. And unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. You know, in the days that this psalm was written, the security of a city was a big issue. And cities built fortified walls, and they had watchmen guarding the city gates. They would stand alert. They would be at attention, and they would be watching for enemies to come toward the gates. The gates are the entrance to the city. They would watch and see what was happening. But wouldn't it be sad to spend your entire life savings on building a house only to sit back and watch it be destroyed? I mean, maybe some of you have been through a house fire, or maybe some of you have been through a number of different things in your life. But the reality is, is wouldn't it be awful 
to watch everything you've done go up in flames or to go down the drain somehow. You know, in life, we have to depend on God to be the protector of our home. Um, Glock could protect you from intruders, but there needs to be spiritual protect, protection so that the home does not destroy from the inside out. There needs to be spiritual protection so that the heart or that the home doesn't um, get destroyed from the inside out. You see, in life, God will offer protection from these destructive factors. God will offer protection uh, from those destructive factors of life. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. But the temptation he will also provide, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. That does not say God tempts us. That does not say that we are tempted by God. That says God will allow us to be tempted and the temptation will not come without an escape. That the temptation that comes on us will not come without a way out through God's provision, through his protection. This is God's insurance plan. God's insurance plan when we are tempted is to provide us the way out, to provide us the way away from what we are dealing with. How many marriages are destroyed because of someone falling into temptation of another? It's, as a minister, one of the hardest things that you can hear if you are talking with someone is someone leaving a marriage and saying the words, it was God's will for me to be with the person I cheated with. I don't believe that that is the case. Life is, is full of temptations and on your own, you will be powerless. On your own, you will be completely powerless. God offers a way of escape from every temptation we face, but he will not make you escape the temptation. God will offer you a way out, but he will not make you take the way. You see, we have an adversary who seeks to destroy us and he will lead us down whatever path. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. He's prowling around and God is who we need protecting our homes from the attacks of the enemy. God is the one that we need protecting our homes. God is the one that offers us that protection system, that security system. You know, have you seen all the TV commercials for ADT and all of those security systems? A guy kicks in the door and then immediately the camera comes on and, and somebody sitting in an office somewhere is pulling it up on a computer and they're saying, uh, stop right where you are. This home is protected. This home is under protection. You must leave the premises. The police have been notified. That is the way God is in our lives. When, when the devil crashes through our door, when the devil crashes in, God is there and he's saying, whoa, stop where you are. Right now is a good time for you to leave. But see, it's coming down to us to enforce that. 
God's more the camera system. He's bringing it in. He's showing us, hey, this is an intruder. Here is the intruder alert. This is your way out. Now it's in your hand. What are you going to do? God gives us almost a blueprint for protection. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Or he will guide you on the right path. Let's look at verse 2 again of this chapter real quickly. It says, In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. See, the third thing here. Um, the final observation that we make from these two verses is that God is also the provider of our home. Not only is God the builder and the protector, God is the provider. God provides for you. You don't believe me? Verse two speaks to us of where to look for provision. It's not a knock against hard work. It's a knock against thinking you are the one that provides. He's not saying you don't do the work. He's saying in vain you get up early and stay up late working hard to have enough food. He's saying you work too much thinking you're the one that's doing the provision for your home because you're trying to do it alone. You're trying to do it in vain. You're trying to do it without me. Let me ask you this question. How many sleepless nights have you had in your life when it comes to the issue of having your needs met? Not anybody else's, yours. How many sleepless nights have you had because you worried about the next meal, the next paycheck, the next time something would happen? I'm going to be honest. I've had a few. I'm not going to lie and tell you I haven't. But praise God, I'm not the provider. God provides for me. He just asked me to go through and do what I do. Now, it may seem a little crazy. And honestly, there are days where I just continue to work and nobody knows why, including myself. But we all come to that moment in our lives. The psalmist here is reminding us that when we trust God, he will take care of us. He will bless those efforts. When I decide that I'm the provider, I take on the worry and the stress that goes along with it. When I decide that I'm providing for my home, I'm the one that takes on the worry, the stress, and the struggle that goes with it. You see, last week we talked in Matthew 6, 25 through 33, where Jesus spoke to the people who were worrying about their daily needs being met. And remember how Jesus talked about the birds in the field are are being fed and how the fields are clothed. And he asked, can one add a single cubit to their height by worrying? And it does no one, you know, if we worry about life, is it going to, is it going to build us up? Are we going to get better because we worried? That's the question. And remember Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added or provided to you, provided for you. All we have is from God. All we have is from God. Not one single thing that we receive in this life is not a provision of God. There is nothing that he gives us. There's nothing that we get. There's nothing that we come across. There's no vehicle, no home, no money, no amount of anything that comes in this life that God did not provide. Well, you might want to argue with me on that. Why would I be so sure? 
All we have is from God. We just need to make sure that we understand that. I mean, we're going to go to Luke 12 here in a second, but think about it. I mean, God provided your job. God helped you find that home. He led you to the deal on your car that you got. Some of you might argue that it's credit rather than God. That's not true. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. Then he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life is demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. If you think you need to provide for yourself and you continue to go through your life trying to search and find the biggest, the best, and the next perfect thing, material-wise. The point that God is making, the point Jesus is making here is that God is the provider of our time. He's the provider of our talents. He's the provider of our treasure. And we should handle them as such. Because when we become selfish, when we become arrogant, when we start to think that we've provided those things, the house falls apart. The home crumbles. Or we've stored up treasure in vain because we've not built our home. We've simply built for ourselves a material life. It doesn't matter. Because what if we're like the rich man? Your life is demanded of you tonight. What have you done to prepare yourself for that moment? Storing up all this grain, storing up all these riches, storing up all these things that the world has to offer. Yep, storing those up really did good for you. Might have bought you a better coffin for the body. But what did it do for your soul? Building a life in a family without the blueprints that God provides, without the picture on the box. Building your puzzle without the picture on the box is a surefire way to damage those within your family for a lifetime. You know, Going back to that puzzle that I was talking about, have you ever thought the piece fit? Oh, it's got to fit there. It's the exact same shape. It looks perfect. It fits perfectly. And you jam it in there just enough so that when you do find the right piece, it doesn't quite fit the same way that it should have. Have you thought about that today? When you do find that right piece and you try to put it in, it doesn't quite fit because you've jammed that other one in where it didn't belong. It's sobering, isn't it? To think about your life as a puzzle or a blueprint. Those of us that maybe were raised in a home with no plan and and no God know that I'm being truthful. If you were raised in a home where God was not the priority, you know what I'm talking about. 
You know that I'm being truthful about these things. And truthfully, it is time for all of us to let God be the builder, the protector, and the provider for our families, for our homes. Now, what that means for us today is this. It means that our home is built by the Father. Our home is provided by the Father. Our home is protected by the Father. Is your home built, provided, and protected for? Are you using God's security system? Are you using God's blueprints? Are you, you, are you building the home according to the word today? Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. Rest. Rest comes to the one who is seeking the Lord. Because you don't worry. You're not stressed. You're not dealing with the struggle. Are you finding that rest today? Is God the builder, protector, and provider for you, for your family? I hope the answer is yes to that today. If you have a decision that you need to make, contact me. Contact me through a private message on Facebook. Contact me through my phone. Whatever you need to do to contact me, please do so. I would love to talk with you about a decision you might need to make to protect your family, to let God build that home, to let God provide for your home. Don't be selfish today and think you can do it on your own. Because you've got others depending on you. As we close out today, we're going to take it to a break and then we'll come back with our communion service. But again, thank you for tuning in. But please allow God to be the builder, protector, and provider for your home. You know, it kind of comes back to that whole mentality of knowing God and knowing peace, or not knowing God and not knowing peace. Who is God in your life today? Is he the one who writes the story? Is he the one who writes the blueprints and builds the home and protects it and provides for it? Or are you trying to do all the work in vain, never getting rest because you just keep pushing everything you have to make it better? Let God provide for you today. Let's pray and then we'll take a break and go to communion. Lord God, we thank you that you have given us a hope in you, that you've given us an opportunity, God, to see you move in mighty ways today. And Lord God, I thank you, I praise you, and I give you glory today that you are that provider, that protector, and that builder that we look for. God, help us to build our home on you. Lord, help us to build the home on the solid rock today. We would find peace in you, we would find joy in you. God, that you would do the work. Help us to not attempt to do your bidding without you as the guide, without you in control. Lord, forgive us where we fail you. Lead us through the paths that you would have us to go and guide us where you need us to be. Thank you, Lord, for always protecting us, for always providing for us, for always building our homes. Help us to not be selfish 
and take credit for something you have done. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you the glory today. We pray this in your holy and precious name. And again, we want to thank you for tuning in for our services here on our uh, podcast page. Thank you for listening and hope you had a blessed time with us. You can get more information on Newland Christian Church at newlandchristianchurch.com or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash newlandchristianchurch. And until next week, we hope you have a blessed week in the Lord.